everybody, and welcome to another episode of another film podcast. My name is Tierney. My name is Colin. And my name is Matt. And my name is Matt. And today's episode of the podcast, we are discussing I, Tanya. I, Tanya is a hit movie from 2018 starring Margot Robbie and Stan Sebastian and... Allison Janney. I was making a joke. <clears throat> and Allison Janney. And and everybody's number one boy, Paul Walter Hauser. Yeah. Was... Sensational Paul Walter Hauser. Who is he in this? Sean. Uh Sean. Oh. I didn't know him in anything until I saw this movie. I didn't know him in anything either, but leave. also, yeah, now I know him in several things, including the Jamie well, Taco yeah. sketch. <laughs> we'll have to talk more about that outside of this intro. But we've got to get to the meat and bones of this discussion. Like, to, we got to do this intro. But we will be discussing Jamie Taco. That is a promise. <laughs> but this isn't the I Think You Should Leave podcast. This is... Well, I turn into that. Yeah, we'll see. Say, we'll the, see. The night is young, is what I will say. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I, Tony A, is what we watched. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so Tierney, what's your, uh, what's your background with this film? Speak on it. Uh, so I saw this in theaters either with one of my friends or with my sister. I can't remember who I saw it with the first time and it blew my fucking mind. (laughs) And so I was like obsessed with this movie. I thought it was probably, it was sort of like Dunkirk in the sense that the writing like broke my brain that you could do that but I thought that this was more my speed um and then like pretty much everything about this movie I was like I think I saw it with Colleen actually because I know the two of us love Alice and Janney um but yeah uh broke I like was obsessed with this movie I listened to this soundtrack if you saw me sometime in the winter in 2018 there is a 80 percent chance I was listening to this soundtrack I listened to it all the time um i'm pretty sure like uh gloria the passenger all of those made my like spotify top like whatever for the year probably top 15 um this movie is the one that the whole theme has been built around um and uh since then i've seen it this is probably like my fourth time seeing it and every single time it just rips. It's so good. I a bona fide favorite. I love this movie, and I like. We can get into some of the details, but I love what they did with the story. I think it's like totally original, and it's so rare that you get a biopic that is not a puff piece. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. And I, it just seems like obviously the whole point is that no one knows what happened but it seems so much more true and authentic than any other biopic that's out there to where it doesn't even feel like a biopic quick question are we doing biopic or are we doing biopic i don't give a fuck i just i just feel like we need to like as a as a a podcast we need to decide like what's the official line here like how are we pronouncing this word (laughs) that are we gonna do a live vote i I just know what i would I'm just curious. Like, I've always said biopic. 
but I, I'm, I'm, I, can, I go with I can... whatever my heart desires. I can't be contained. I'm like that Hannah Montana biopic. song. Biopic. <laughs> okay. I can't Psyops. be tamed. Dick. All right. Um, I mean, I, I think we can interchangeably use them. Well, I don't, I, who will, who's going to know what we're talking about? A biography, a biopic, uh, I think for perfect, works perfectly well. Biopic <laughs> is typically what I would say, but a biography is not a thing. A biography? It could be a thing. You don't know. What are we doing here? How, are we, <laughs> how can we be doing this? Um, so I, we accept both versions here on the pod. Okay. We are all inclusive of bio, bio <laughs> pronunciations. Anyway. Anyway, sorry. Um, sorry for that. I'm also not. But no, the sorry. film that thought the film that launched a five choice series of films in the festival. This is the movie that did it for you. Yeah. Uh, it is a great soundtrack. You are absolutely right about that. Um, is it too great? <laughs> what? You mean like does it overshadow the actual <laughs> film? Yeah. <laughs> no, I have specific notes on what they did with songs that I think is more clever than what actually this might piss some people off. What they did in terms of needle dropping a number of these songs is better than what Tarantino does. And everyone thinks of him as like the be all and end all when it comes to using pop music and stuff. But they it's in every scene it's enhancing the scene or it's diegetic to where like okay she did a dance to zz top sleeping bag that's Mm -hmm. gonna be in the movie but instead of starting it right when the dancing starts it starts before and carries through and it is it's like so beautifully woven i love it i love it i would love because of the way that you pick this movie because of like the purpose of it i think we really should and maybe this is kind of like you know setting expectations (laughs) too early but i think we should go through the soundtrack in our discussion. And basically that can be the backbone of our discussion with this because it is a lot of needle drops. And in that way, like talking about ZZ Top specifically being used in her first like major performance, I think that that also informs a lot of like what the movie is showing us or like trying to communicate about Tanya Harding. Um, so anyway, that's just my comment on how important this soundtrack can be to this discussion, even, uh, but also how important it is to this movie. Um, I guess, do you want to go, Colin, or should I go? Uh, I can go. Um, I <clears throat> saw this movie in theaters. Um, feel like I probably saw it with, if not you, Tierney, then it must have been with Matt. I can't. I, can't. I think it was, was going to say it was. It came out when I we were all living together. So I, feel I don't like think it... we saw it together, though. Okay. Because I do that's... remember coming home and being like, "Holy shit!" And you guys were like, "Okay." <laughs> I think we saw it in Evanston, but I truly do not remember. We did see it in all. Evanston. We saw it on January sixteenth, uh, twenty eighteen, in Evanston. In case you were curious. <laughs> January in twenty eighteen. It was right before you broke up the band, um, so <laughs> which was right around here. Right? This week is the yeah. six year, no five years. I saw it five on Tuesday, January twenty third. So I saw it a week after you guys. Okay. Also, in, I'm Probably assuming had... in Evanston because it was a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. Wow. <laughs> 
you probably went after Colin's glowing review. <laughs> no, I think so, I wanted to see it anyway. <clears throat> Here's what I will say about this movie. Uh, I remember leaving the theater and thinking that, it, like, I remember thinking it was quite good. But then it mostly, like, faded from my memory, like, fairly quickly after that. Like, it the, it didn't really, like, stick with me um, in any meaningful way. To the point where, like, when I was making, I went back in and was out of curiosity last night, was, like, just checking to see, like, where, at what point did I, like, tail off on this movie? Because I rated it fairly high when I saw it originally. Um, when I made my top 25 list of 2017 like not even two months after i saw the movie uh it did not even make my top 25 what the what (laughs) what the actual fuck colin wow so we could not have had different experiences with this movie i think about this movie regularly i literally think about this movie never (laughs) like i like i never think about this movie um I, yeah, so I I watched it once in theaters. I don't think I'd seen it again until I rewatched it last night for this episode. And I like I I think it's like an incredibly well made movie. And I think Margot Robbie, this is maybe the best she's ever been. Like she's so fucking good in this movie. Mm-hmm. But I just found myself like really not that interested in the movie as I was watching it. And like by the time I got to the end, I was like, okay, I do like the ending. But I just, like, I just couldn't connect to this movie. I think, to me, it feels like it's doing way too much. Like, the soundtrack, I think, is overwhelming. I think the songs are dope. And I do think that the the way they're, in like, the way they're incorporated into the movie is fun. Like, to your point, Tooney. But I think, like, there's, it's just, like, it's so much. Like, there's just, it's, it just was, like, it took me out of the movie several points where I was, like, oh, my God. Like, there's this needle drop that, like, lasts for, you know, two minutes. And then there's, like, no music for 30 seconds. And then there's, like, another, oh, there's this song. And it's just, like, <laughs> it, it seemed like it's just, like, it it feels to me like it's a lot of, like, flash. But I don't get much of the substance out of it. Could you also say that that is uh, America? Sure. Because I'll, we'll get to it later after Matt goes. But I think that the this is a... It's a biopic traditionally, but it's mm-hmm. about a lot more than that. I agree that it's, like, trying to be about more things. But to me, I think, like, it, it tries to be about a lot of different things and doesn't fully hit most of them. So. <laughs> I'm not trying to rain on your parade. I do, it's like okay. I said, I... You can't rain on. You, you <laughs> yes. could come on and just shit about the movie and I would still take at least 15 minutes to go through all of my notes so yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i like I, I i i do think that it's really well made i think that like the sequences when she's skating are really Beautiful. really fun to watch they're so good they're really well shot like the <clears throat> the camera movement in those sequences is impeccable um so I think, like, on a technical level, I think the movie's very impressive. But uh, I think on, like, a story level, it just leaves me wanting. Hmm. Hmm. So, Interesting. There we, <laughs> there we are. <laughs> hmm. It's the Goldilocks amount of stimulation for me. <laughs> <laughs> you go, man. 
Um, I think I would split the difference, but I think I'm much more uh, on Tierney's side. Where I think, yeah, I'm not necessarily, like, fascinated in the story of Tanya Harding. But I do think the commentary that it makes on victimhood, uh, domestic abuse, American scandal, and... Media and mm-hmm. classism. I and think it is sports. And yeah, the the world of sports and or and the Olympics. I think yeah. like the global platform. Um, I think it it is. I think successful in a lot of those commentaries that it that it has. Um, maybe a little too on the nose at points. A little too like uh, I don't know direct in what it is what the lesson is, but. It felt also kind of like uh, the Big Short, or, yep. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess other Adam McKay movies, where the uh, the breaking of the fourth wall is very purposeful in elevating it past a biopic that is, I think, to Tierney's uh, point, like kind of just self servicing. Like the way Bohemian Rhapsody to me feels just like isn't Queen the best and not really, like, an actual story of, like, tr- like tragedy and triumph. Like, even Freddie Mercury is kind of held in this kind of saintly light that, I don't know, doesn't feel like it's really, like, teaching me much. And, and this, it's not true because everybody has flaws right. and to not mm-hmm. illustrate the flaws is to make a puff piece. Right. And I think the, ch- the choice of Tanya Harding as the subject of that commentary is very uh, appropriate. I feel like the amount of negative publicity around her, around the, like, the scandal that this was, which is, like, right in the era of O.J. Simpson, of Bill Clinton, of all these other kind of major scandals that, like, Everybody turned on these individuals and was just like, oh my god, this is the biggest news in the world. This is such a controversy. And I think to unravel the reality around that, while equally making it unclear of how reliable the story is that we're watching, uh, is a cool way to do uh, this kind of movie. Um, and to and I'm have, more like... Interest- Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and I'm more interested in something like this that does something with this kind of like rip from the headline story uh and does something really fun with it over something like i haven't even watched it but like the people versus oj simpson american crime story mm-hmm. i'm kind of like yes i'm sure it's interesting to kind of like go through all the dimensions of this kind of court this you know sensational court case but I'm less interested in the reality and more interested in, like, let's make it a movie. Let's make it big and fun. And I think I, Tanya, is very successful in that as well. Like, it's a really energetic and uh, darkly funny. Uh, like, mm-hmm. Alice and Janney being an abusive mother is so upsetting. But it's Alice and Janney. And so you're like, oh, my God. Like, you're really a villain. And uh, I made a note of it. I think what makes, uh, like, similar to, like, Taika Waititi movies, they kind of dance between drama and comedy to where mm-hmm. you get, you kind of get whiplashed. Um, this one kind of just, like, 
dances a little bit on either end to where you're never entirely certain what footing you're on to where Alice and Janie will say things and you're like, I actually agree with what you're saying. And then she'll say something else that's like, that is so horribly abusive to your mm-hmm. child. I, I wrote some of them down. Uh, oh, like when... <laughs> Like, not necessarily agree with, but find amusing is, like, when she tells the woman, I didn't swear, you cunt. Um, <laughs> and when she tells Diane, "Look, lick my ass, Diane, you're like, yeah, fucking lick her ass, Diane. <laughs> but then, um, like, the, but then she'll do things, like, obviously, like, hit Tanya, and that's not funny. Or it'd be, like, verbally abusive to Tanya, and that's not funny. But then it kind of gives you, like... You're like, why am I laughing at some of the stuff she's saying, but not at other stuff she's saying? And I think that that is very well done. I would say. Um, yeah. But I actually thought of it as I was watching it this time, and I thought, are you done, Matt, by the way, before I just completely steal your... Well, sure, I think we could just get into it. Because okay. my experience is I watch it literally the same day as Colin, so we already <laughs> established what my background is with the movie. Uh, but no, I think we could certainly just get into it. Um, um, but I was going to yeah. say, similar to Tar being a movie about narcissists, I think that this is more movie about abuse than it is about ice skating. Oh, for and, sure. And how the um, like parent relate, like the line where she has that's like. Um, like I stuck with him because it's what I thought love was because my mom says she loves me, but my mom hits me is like, that is a thing that happens. And I think that it like, there is a bit of telling, but a lot of it is just shown. Um, and a lot of the parts that are like more telling versus showing would be stuff that's also used for like dramatic effect. Like with the, uh, like where Jeff's like, she once took out a gun and shot me and she goes, this never happened. Like that's uh, like almost not comedy, kind of comedy where it's like uh, for heightened dramatic effect. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but that was my thing watching this. I was like, this is as much a movie about abuse, if not more than Tara was a movie about narcissism. Absolutely. I would agree with that. And I think also, because it's the media's abuse of her mm-hmm. that is really the point mm-hmm. that like a person who only knows abuse uh, from her mother, from her boyfriend slash husband, and also from herself, like her like she is putting herself uh, she's challenging herself, but she's also you know doing it for love, for people's affection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to have the media turn against her for such a uh, uh, a, th- a thing that she was, you know, definitely tied to, but not the perpetrator of, mm-hmm. I think is also like, uh, yeah, what are the cycles of abuse and how does, how does <clears throat> it already set you back from, I mean, like literally her kind of having that moment where she kind of resigns to like maybe i do have to cheat to get what i deserve Mm -hmm. that like with all the chips stacked against me what am i supposed to do i'm trying to do it all the right way and if everyone who's abusing me gets away with it then why can't i defend myself in the way that i see fit and that's i think a very clear commentary on yeah like 
responsibility of like where does it stop and where does it uh fall on you to do better mm-hmm. but yeah and uh it's very indicting i think like there's a lot of moments where they're just specifically talking to the public that's like, oh when she says like yeah. you are all of my attackers as well it gets me every single time yeah because we are and I read something that was like, fame doesn't exist without putting someone else down. Um, mm. Like the whole concept of fame. So like, uh, in order for someone to achieve that level of fame, they need to push someone else down from it. And so mm-hmm. like, you can't, it, yeah. I just thought that was like a yeah. brilliant way to phrase it. And I probably like read that last week and then watched the movie and was like, you really can't, it does not exist without putting someone else down. Um, anyway. <clears throat> this is all to say, this is we got in a very heavy entrance into this movie that is overwhelmingly very fun. It's like a very like energetic, boisterous, comedic uh, sports biopic. Um, but I did want to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's also what I was like, in watching it, it's very directly, one of the few movies that's about the cycles of abuse and domestic abuse in general of like... Other than like, no one would tell with Fred And especially, yeah, but especially for like a sports uh, movie. So something like King Richard is almost the opposite of Mm -hmm. this, where it's like an encouraging father who really pushed his kids to the limit, which I also still haven't seen this movie, but like you know, in the end, it's not a movie about him abusing Venus and Serena. In this, it's like Tanya Harding was put through hell outside the rink. That when she was actually skating, that was what she was best at and she mm-hmm. loved. Everything else was putting her really at odds with achieving what she was capable of. And, I like, she did, the was it the triple axel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I a, remember a, that. A, yeah. Like, I remember like that she did it. Thing. I didn't ice that's, skate. I didn't figure yeah. skate, but I had <laughs> classmates who were into that sort of thing. Like Michelle Kwan and mm-hmm. Yeah, also figure era. skating is fun. Figure skating is a great... It's just dancing on ice. Yeah. It, <laughs> Lots of cool little moves. I feel like a I lot was, of people are really into it when, like, the Winter Olympics roll around, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm not that interested. You're such a fool. <laughs> Truly, if that, that's why this doesn't work for you, because uh, figure skating's beautiful. I wasn't into it either. In fact, I refused to wear figure skates as a child. I would only wear hockey skates because hockey skates, you can do a hockey stop, but you can't do a hockey stop in figure skates because it's not there, it's not a solid blade. That goes into the mm-hmm, shoe, sure. so you can't put it at that angle. Super into it as like a seven year old. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hated figure skates. Um, well, anyway. I'm gay, so I love figure skates. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, we're all coming to this with different experiences. Whereas I was experiences. a huge tomboy, so <laughs> I was like, also like too girly. Um, I found the Lavana quote. It's, it's all the eat the rich stuff where you're like, yeah, I fucking agree with that, which is why she says, eat my ass, Diane. <laughs> but, like, all of those, you're like, yeah, this is this speaks to me. But then she does reprehensible stuff, and you're like, that does not speak to me. 
Um, I do. So speaking of things that I think about regularly from this movie, we'll probably hit them all through this discussion. But in terms of things with carrying power that Colin didn't have that I had, the flower gardener line Mm. is A, funny because she's on her fifth husband. (laughs) B, is an interesting way of looking at a relationship. And I probably think about it several times a year. Just that conversation she has that someone's a fl- uh, flower a and the other one's the gardener. Or and gardener, me, I, yeah. I'm both. So isn't that fucked? <laughs> uh, I'm butchering the line, but you get it. Oh, my God. Look at me. I'm a, I'm I'm a, a flower who has to be a gardener. Or a gardener fun? who wants to be a flower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway... Um, yeah, that that concept was talked about in my theology class in high school. The idea that there's always going to be one person in a relationship who loves the other one more, but that's just a fact of the matter. There's always going to be one of them who loves the other one less. Gardener flower, because a flower. Mm, I feel like that can vary depending on time. Like someone's always going to be putting more work in. Yeah, but I think that. It varies based on life experiences and that sort of stuff. That's fair. That's fair. I think there's plenty of also even relationships. Yeah, I was going to say. Many. I feel like that's an unfair binary to put up on all relationships. (laughs) But I will say the amount of divorce and the amount of extramarital affairs that occur. Sure. I'm not saying that it's addressed. I believe divorce rates are going down. And I'm pretty sure that has to do with people aren't getting married until they're yeah, like say, 30, 35, <laughs> as opposed to 23. Yeah. I risk it, you know? Yeah. Wait um, and see. Anyway. Fuck, fuck all the fish in the sea and then choose the one that you're going to fuck for the rest of Yeah, time, empty right? the oceans. <laughs> empty. Right. Just put that big old net in, <laughs> yank it up, and then... You know, decide what's for dinner. But <laughs> anyway, um... Matt, what did you think of the subliminal Reagan messaging? <laughs> it wasn't oh, even I don't know the specific instances, but yeah, it the just holds that, on like... a Reagan poster. In yeah, Sean's I was gonna basement. say <laughs> Sean's basement yeah. has a Reagan poster in it, and right. yeah, it's very clearly in frame for the entire scene that they're down there. And then when and they then run, holds. Uh, yeah. And then when they run back upstairs, the camera follows them until it gets to the Reagan poster, and then just stays there. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I do think. I, oh, go ahead. I mean, it's 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 a commentary on trickle down economics, probably. Of like, these people are never going to benefit from what everyone else in the figure skating community gets to benefit from because they're not quite what they like. They're just not quite their style. I and that's would like not have put that Reagan. together. It's the lie. It's the American dream. It's the lie of the American dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did. Um, also, Portland. Dad yeah. for Portland. <laughs> I thought of I... that the whole time I was in Portland. I was like, this is where Tanya Harding grew up. I've <laughs> been to the mall. That she so went... much. <laughs> yeah. I've been to the mall that she used to practice at. Um, yeah. That opening scene where like she gets trained, that was supposed to be a Clackamas Town Center. And it was it was the best mall in Portland, and I will stand by that estimation. You 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 still love malls just so much. Love a mall. <laughs> I hate love them, them all. 
Uh, but no, that is Portland. Portland, Oregon. Which I will say, uh, the dialect was a little unplaceable. It was like, is this Minnesotan? Is the southern like what? Did are you we just doing? want it to be Minnesotan because of Alice and Janney and Drop Dead Gorgeous? <laughs> yeah, and also it just feels like Fargo. I was gonna say that that like there are moments later on when like the plan it... has happened and they're kind of like bumbling through how to do a crime that feels very Coen Brothersy, where they're kind of yeah. like, oh, you're in way over your heads and you have no idea how to be a criminal, you idiots. I thought that it was, um, like, it had more to do, like, I mean, you go two hours outside Chicago, people sound like they're from Kentucky. Um, yeah. And, like, like uh, you have class accents, even, like, within Chicago. Chicago also has, like, neighborhood accents. But you have, mm-hmm. like, class accents within a city that I just took it to be, like, the, like, hick accent of Portland. But I guess that's the thing is there is no dialect of Portland. Like there's no. Everywhere has one. Yeah, but not discernible enough that I experienced in Portland. There was like no, it, it wasn't whatever this is. They sound very Midwestern, Northern, kind of like drawly. Mm-hmm. Whereas Portland, I think it's just kind of like a flat. But think type. about Diane. Probably sounds like the people you might know sure. or run into Maybe. in Portland. Like, are you in the woods or uh, town you all grew the time? Up? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe there is one, but it's just yeah. I felt like I it wasn't quite Pacific Northwest. People, in my experience, once you get rural, people tend to talk slower. Mm-hmm. And that you do end up with a drawl no matter where you are in the country. It's not a southern drawl, but it's like mm-hmm. people will talk slower and draw out vowels and that sort of stuff. Um, I don't, that's just purely my experience. That's not based <laughs> on facts. No, that's, that's the facts. Uh, I thought Margot Robbie did a really good job, though, given the fact that she's Australian. <laughs> She's yeah, so good. And I feel like so I remember good. thinking that, I mean everybody's good, but I feel like I remember thinking that Sebastian Stan was really good and I do think that he's mostly good, but specifically good. in terms of the accent, like there are times where like Jeff has like a very specific like way of yeah. speaking and he like Sebastian Stan really like floats in and out of that and I think like when when he's doing it it's hilarious and when he's not yeah. doing it it's very noticeable that he's not doing it and I'm like oh mm-hmm. this could have been better <laughs> like we could have done a better job here but um I she's yeah I genuinely I think she's really good throughout this entire movie um and like obviously like that final scene in the like in the courtroom is like her like showpiece scene and i think she's very oh. good outside of that but like that sequence is just like like oh my god margot robbie i did not know you had this in you <laughs> where she's just like oh. pleading and like send yeah. me to jail i send me to jail so i can skate like i'll do the jail time like tragic is so impressive <laughs> another scene which is another one this one i do think about regularly um and I've actually used a similar thing in something I've written, but where she's 
um, in front of the mirror, trying not to cry, smiling mm. to try and trick herself into thinking everything's okay. And it's heartbreaking, but it's so well done. Yeah, yeah. To where you're like, oh, god damn. And I feel like, <laughs> maybe I speak only for myself, but I feel like all of us have been in a situation where we've cried and then we then have to go do something yeah. or mm-hmm. be in public and so you have to try and be like everything's fine it's all good <laughs> yeah. yeah to like trick your body so into authentic. thinking it's not gonna cry again at another moment yeah <laughs> luckily yeah. for and all it, of us it, we the thing that we have to do isn't be in the olympics <laughs> right it's also true <laughs> And just it really sets up how she's in a panic in that performance. And mm-hmm. just like, and I that can't do this. long shot as she skates over to the booth is so well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she does like a loop and then goes back to the judge's table. Yeah. So I was sad. like, this is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it reminded me when I was watching it last night, it reminded me a lot of uh, Creed. Um, which I, we've mm. done for the pod before, but I just think like the sequences where like, you know, Creed is about boxing more than this is about ice skating. But I, you know, Creed, I think also has other things on its mind, but when it is doing the sports, like the camera work is just phenomenal. Like it, it just yeah. draws you in, you know, and like that, uh, I know I, we talked about it when we when we did Creed, but like the first fight sequence that he has, that's just like a oneer, and you're just like in the ring the whole time, and the camera's just constantly moving around, and you feel like you are on the mat with them while this is happening. And I feel like uh, Craig Gillespie did an incredible job of doing that same kind of thing here. Like when she's skating, like the camera is just like so good at like following her and tracking her that you just feel like you're there. Um, and I, I, I just was like, every single time she was on the ice, I was like, I, I would watch an hour of this. (laughs) Like, I would just sit here and just watch, like, if, if this entire movie were just like Margot Robbie reenacting Tanya Harding skating performances and nothing else, I would still be wrapped and I'd be like, okay, like I'll watch it. (laughs) Um, I think that the camera like glides on ice on the ice and I like that at some points she's moving toward it and at some points she's moving away from it. Mm-hmm. It looks very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I really like the triple axle explanation of like mm-hmm. cutting each to each interview as they explain a different portion of it and why it's so hard. That do. felt big short to me (laughs) like like that more more so than anything else i think that that's like a very like just broadly that's a really good comparison between these two movies but like that moment specifically i was like oh yeah this is literally just like when adam mckay would just like cuts to the screen and is just like okay i'm gonna explain this really complicated thing that you probably have no idea what it is unless you're like deeply invested in this world already um i'm gonna break it down but as somebody who is not deeply invested in that world, I was like, okay, cool. Thank you so much. Cause like, I'm familiar with the concept of a triple axle. Like I know that it's a thing that's really impressive, but like technically if I were to ask to explain it, I would be like, yeah, somebody spins around in the air and three times <laughs> question mark. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> um, and the I just, slow-mo of her rotation is fun. Oh yeah. 
in the uh well i like that they included it at the end in the mm-hmm. credits because she does like then you can even look at it and be like wow margot robbie did a great job like with the where she goes down and then goes out mm-hmm. um but uh also jumping around here the two things <laughs> as we when do she starts when she starts getting teary-eyed because she's like, no one ever asks me about this is also very sad um, because everyone wants to know about the incident. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also the fact that we go back to that after she's getting the shit kicked out of her in a boxing ring to where it's like, that's like her, I have goosebumps right now, that's like her happy place and is like just floating in the air doing like her greatest skating achievement is like and like one of the greatest skating achievements of all time of me like not just like of her life but just like of all time like yeah 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 and the visual match cut or match edit of ascending Mm -hmm. at your peak and descending at your lowest Mm -hmm. uh yeah i i I think that's going to be the shot that I think of most uh, when I think of this movie because it's so, it's such a sharp uh, comparison. It's so precise uh, and heavy. Because so, I remember when she was on Celebrity Boxing. I remember I my remember dad's that. for it on Fox. Yeah. It was like a bunch of B, C, D level celebrities just punching the shit out of each other. And it was like, have we really gotten this far from grace <laughs> how lost are we that fox is like you want to see celebrities punch each other and we got fucking celebrities punching each other that just reminded so, like, me of did you guys ever watch celebrity deathmatch on mtv oh yeah <laughs> it's the thing that i have not thought about in a very long time but i wonder if that's on whatever who owns mtv is that mm. paramount i think Probably. that might be paramount should yeah. investigate if old episodes of Celebrity Deathmatch are on Paramount Plus. <laughs> might, might, might finally get a subscription to Paramount Plus. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to watch Yellowstone? No. <laughs> crazy? Like the top-watched show of the world, or whatever. Um. Um, the Mamas and Papas, though, I like uh, their music a lot. And even though this is, I believe, Doris Day singing Dream a Little Dream of Me, um, yeah. I prefer the Cass Elliot version, but um, <laughs> anytime I hear that song, I think of her Frozen in midair. And I've mm-hmm. liked the Mamas and Papas before I ever saw this movie, but it just like took over everything. Sure. <laughs> I really this did like realize a virus. That, uh, <laughs> I didn't realize what a deep affection you had for this movie. I knew you liked it. Yeah, I was going to say, I did not realize that it was, like, this deep in your bones. I didn't realize (laughs) it was you're a single man. It's so innovative. Like, everything about this movie, I think, is very cleverly done. And there's so much play in it. Um, Yeah, especially making a 27-year-old Margot Robbie play 15. Man, that <laughs> I think that's a big with swing. With the braces, <laughs> that was rough. Or, or Sebastian Stan, crazy. Eighteen-year-old, nineteen-year-old. He was supposed to be eighteen. I, yeah, I, I would imagine like he was supposed to be a four teenager. Four or five years older like, than her. Couldn't tell. 
Because I was like, is he like in his 20s when they met? Because yuck. But okay. I think yeah. Ooh, he was 27 when that happened. I think she was 24, 23. Yeah, 23. He was still older than her. But yeah, I couldn't tell. I that was I didn't I didn't take a lot of notes because when do I take notes? But that was one thing that I did write down. <laughs> it's like when it cuts from McKenna Grace to who, by the way, I love McKenna Grace, and I was I forgot that she played who young she Tanya. Play? She like oh. the middle Tanya, not like the child, yeah. but like the middle um, age, not middle age. Anyway, um, when it yeah, cuts from crying. her to. Oh, yeah, which she's just, like, crying because her dad's like, I can't, bye. Um, and it cuts to Margot Robbie, and then the voiceover is Margot Robbie saying that she's 15, and I was like, okay. <laughs> like, we have, we've really yeah. stretched the bounds of plausibility here. Like, she's and they're young, just going yeah, like, to throw braces on her and be like, eh, it's close enough to 15. I was like, I bet, no. It doesn't, it's not real, but I think it works for the purpose of this movie sure yeah i also it's a wild swing though it's insane (laughs) (laughs) it's and it still is better than ben platt playing dear evan for sure you know well i think the other thing too is like this movie is in on the joke where it's yeah, like right. Dear Evan Hansen is extremely not in on the joke, and they're like, it's fine that a 34 year old man is playing a 17 year old. Get over it. He originated the role on Broadway. Shut the fuck up. You're gonna you're gonna like Ben Platt as Dear Evan Hansen, whereas this is yeah like what we're not gonna use Margot Robbie. Yeah, like we of have fucking Margot, Margot Robbie. Robbie. We're gonna make her look as hideous as we possibly can. Which is still gorgeous. I was going to say, like, also, like, <laughs> she's still incredibly beautiful, even when she has that terrible haircut and those braces. It's like, God damn. <laughs> here's, here's the one thing that uh, I'll mention from my experience of watching it this time, is I watched it with Freddie, uh, previous podcast uh, guest, and, uh, you know, he, he enjoyed it too. But he, he said, you know, in, as, as far as women who are now kind of entering where previous actresses who are in the same roles have now gotten, you know, older where like, I think he said Florence Pugh is kind of filling in the spot that Kate Winslet has kind of grown out of. I thought for a second you were going to say Helen Mirren and I was like, I'm sorry, I love Florence Pugh, but no. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's a why- tyranny. Why did you go there? I don't Helen know. Mirren. I don't know. I Helen was like, Mirren's also Matt, you don't like- know what you're talking about. <laughs> Matt, no, stop. You can't say these insane The queen, Matt, that Florence Pugh is really going to be the queen. Sorry. The May queen, maybe. Um, I I can see that, yeah. uh, And that Margot Robbie is kind of uh, the new Shirley's Theron, which, like, Shirley's Theron is obviously still very much doing many, many parts and is still very active. Yeah, she's going to be in Fast 10, baby. Get ready. (laughs) But that Margot Robbie, and he said because, you know, the big Oscar push was uh, Charlize Theron for Monster and Margot Robbie for I, Tanya. And I was like, I I mean, Tanya Harding's not that unattractive. Like, they make her obviously look a lot less like Margot Robbie, but, like, it's still Margot Robbie. I'm like, she's still pretty attractive even as this, like, Oh, homely uh, Tanya Harding, and it's like I don't know. This is like 
She still looks like a supermodel. Yeah. <laughs> like she looks like Barbie. She's literally the actress that's going to be playing Barbie. Yeah. Like, you really can't put <laughs> that many freckles put on her. And 90s like, clothes oh. on her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, look at this crazy hair and these braces. And it's like, I okay. mean, it's clearly Margot Robbie. And she's the most attractive woman, like, <laughs> on screen. So. Yeah. Some of the fashion choices were, like, super funny. But the some of the like sports bras at the end with those 90s patterns i was like i want those though <laughs> i mean what's old is new this looks like la today all of the fashion i was like yeah this is what's walking I hate, around i hate that 90s is like in i don't care I, for it yeah 90s and early 2000s is like why well, my sister once <laughs> said she wanted this. a choker necklace and i was like oh no you what? will regret this in <laughs> 10 years let me tell you <laughs> i don't I, from experience you don't want to yeah. do this <laughs> i don't want to wear baggy light wash jeans no. again no i refuse i'm I, i'm choosing i'm also to be excluded from this narrative so am i <laughs> this fashion narrative i'm like well, no you know it, what i'm gonna stick with my form-fitting clothing thank you i believe it was it coco chanel said that fashion is fleeting but style is forever Damn, Coco. It's probably not even Coco. <laughs> it's probably some other person. They, they probably didn't say it that way. Um, also, here's a question that I have. Is somebody reacting on this Zoom? Is somebody doing little thumbs up and, and smiles? Because I keep seeing notifications pop up no. at the bottom of my screen. No. Something's going on. Listener, just know I every so often will see an affirmation pop up from the bottom of the screen, and I don't know what it's come, what's, oh. what's happening. Did listener somehow hack the Zoom? Maybe. <laughs> it's listeners getting an early access. <laughs> yeah, I think it is just a glitch based on how it actually looks now. Anyway, sorry to... One other good <clears throat> match cut, I thought, was the rabbit twirling when it gets shot to her twirling jump. Mm-hmm. Um, as mm-hmm. a 15-year-old, I thought was a really good one. Yeah. Um, do we want to go through the soundtrack? Yes. Well, Tierney, did you have any other notes? I did. Um, some of did them you... are song related. I was say, hold uh, off on the song related ones if we're going to go through the soundtrack. But if you want to, if you had anything else that you wanted to hit before, <laughs> maybe you should pick another sport. Suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of it is like there's part of me that talks this way. <laughs> That I find it really amusing that someone says, like, seeing it in a in a television show. Um, yeah, should we go through some Tierney, quotes? Tierney feels seen yeah. by House and Janney's terrible dialogue. I mean, no, good that dialogue, was, uh, but just like... Tanya. She said that oh, to the judges. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. Suck my Suck dick. My... Um, yeah, you which think is they're just... going to give you a 10 yeah. when you're telling them to... <laughs> which is, like... Uh, as a woman, I find the suck my dick insult to be particularly funny because <laughs> anatomically speaking, I don't have one. So <laughs> to tell someone to suck my dick is just so funny to me. <laughs> also, the some of Levana, Levana's like a... I think the word cunt is pretty funny. I probably shouldn't be saying these on a podcast. Um, I mean, you know, you're, it's our podcast. It's our the, podcast. What else have we talked about? On this? <laughs> like, I mean, you say what the censors won't want us to say. You're literally 
throwing the Gyllenhaals under the bus on like an almost <laughs> weekly basis. I feel like it's okay for you to drop the c word. <laughs> like it's fine. yeah. Also, we're not saying it <laughs> clearly. True. That is not what's going to be happening in this podcast. <laughs> you can say it all you want. You're it's a great it's word. A, it's a free. Yeah, I, I love it. I uh, won't be saying it, but yes, have at the training montage. I thought was fantastic and the fact that diane kept going she actually did this yeah <laughs> and <Yeah>. this <laughs> gets me I every time that. i love julianne nicholson so much yes uh, and i uh, again obviously forgot that she was in this movie <laughs> because i remember little of this movie but when she popped up the first time i was like oh my god is that julianne nicholson <laughs> i didn't realize that she was um jason bateman's wife in the outsider the hbo show Oh, Freddie said it, and I was like, "Oh my god, unrecognizable!" I wouldn't have been able to tell you that those are the same actresses. Uh, <laughs> literally the same from? person. <laughs> she was in Different Mayor of Easttown as well. Um, another so HBO it's, show. It's very good. She was in something I watched it. recently. Oh, she. Oh, uh, she plays. Uh, <laughs> Marilyn Monroe's mom in Blonde. Ew, no. <laughs> so, press pause on that. Yes. <laughs> we'll get back. To, we'll get back to that later. <laughs> um, um, but anyway, <clears throat> sorry. That's okay. Uh, I like that OJ was on the TV at the very end. It was very tying it into broader media consumption for this country. Yeah. Um, I think the line. When he says, what do you think I should do? And she's locked the door and she's just sitting on the bed. Where <laughs> she just goes, I wrote it down. Uh, I really think you should just kill yourself. <laughs> like, I wrote that down too. <laughs> it just says it so straight faced. I don't know. I just really think you should kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's set up so perfectly that she like might actually give him some like genuine thoughtful feedback and then just, no just kill yourself <laughs> and like just yeah the deliveries is so good for that um and then the i do have one the- quick note on that scene though so earlier in the movie we saw sebastian stan kick down the front door of an apartment mm-hmm. building with the little like mostly worthless but like metal lock thing engaged like the hotel lock thing uh really really he's not gonna just break down the door of like an interior bedroom door of a probably shitty house (laughs) he changed maybe because it's his house and he'd have to fix it yeah (laughs) or he just doesn't care that much at that point i mean he comes in pretty hot right but it's you know all all i'm saying is like all i'm saying is like he breaks down an like an exterior door and then an interior door is the one that stumps him. He can't quite yeah. figure out. Seems, um, it seems a little silly. Resigned. My last note is just in a, an opinion piece. Do you guys think it was a just sentence? Uh, no. Me neither. No, but also, how do you let her compete again? After she could have coached sabotaging. She can't. Oh, sure. even, she can't be at all affiliated with ice skating. Right. I think that was too harsh. I agree with that. In addition to too, everything else. Crazy. Well, yeah, and I was gonna say. I mean, what like? I think the 
like the thing that the really fines. stung. Yes, I mean, like it's it's a it's all of the stuff gets added on, right? There was like five years of probation, a couple of pretty extreme fines, um, the lifetime ban. You know, all like it's right. all additive oh, to like some monstrous sentence. Meanwhile, like fairly shortly after that scene, it cuts to the Sebastian Stan being like, I was sentenced to two years and served eight months mm-hmm. to the day, right. like period. <laughs> like, and you know, he had like a fine of whatever hundred thousand dollars too. But like, I think putting that those he never two paid. things, that's what I'm like putting those two things right. in stark contrast. Like this literally ruined her life. Mm-hmm. Like her, her, like her livelihood, not just like her life and like her reputation, but like the thing that she, her, her craft, her career, her craft, craft her craft like all of that stuff was ruined meanwhile he was sentenced to two years in jail and didn't even serve a year of that and then like yeah he has like the stain on his reputation but like he can still get a job doing whatever the fuck he's gonna do where he changed his name yeah like i i think like i think yeah it would be an unjust punishment anyway but then when you put it in context of like Someone who yeah. was probably more involved in the actual crime that happened, seemingly getting off right. easier. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, absolutely true. Um, those are all my non-music notes. Matt, do we um, want to? I can rattle through some of mine. Do we want to do music before we do Jamie Taco? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I'll rattle through some just quick things that I thought were were cool. We don't have to even talk about them. Uh, the documentary cutaways, just the framing device of that, is a really fun convention. I liked that. Mm-hmm. I wish that they would have done that and not the fourth wall breaking. Like I think doing both was sure. too much for me personally. But like I okay. like, I'd, right I'd be fine with. <laughs> I'd be fine with one or the other, but I think Give when they're doing, <laughs> Make it when they're work. doing like the documentary stuff, mm. but then the stuff that's like a re- quote unquote reenaction also becomes real it's like okay too much that's fair i it almost always all feels like it's happening in some sort of like fevered well yeah yeah like yeah like there's no camera crew that's actually filming it doesn't feel like Mm -hmm. but um another note i have is just baby tanya the little (laughs) baby tanya that goes skating god she's she's cute cute. (laughs) yeah (laughs) And really gets you on board with, like, this poor little girl. This just poor child. Yeah. She never <clears throat> she never had a leg up. Um, the wedding and how sad <laughs> that ends up going. Also, yeah. the, 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 line, <laughs> the line from Lavana where she's like, you fuck stupid. You don't marry yeah. stupid. I was God. like, Jesus Christ. She's a troll. <laughs> yeah. The original troll with her little parrot, little pirate. Um, Fucking stupid. <laughs> hard copy Bobby Cannaval. Uh, I thought that was so funny because he never is anywhere here's, but that office. Here's but my the hard take. Copy Why was he in this movie? I don't I love, know. I love I that don't Bobby Cannavale. I think that like some of his lines are funny, but like you could excise that entire part and it would change this movie zero. Like what the fuck I is he bet- doing here? <laughs> I bet there are deleted scenes between Tanya Harding and him or something. Uh, I thought it was interesting that he said that they used to get her car towed or cut her tires. 
Oh, yeah. Just so they could get a picture. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Again, it's part of the media. Yeah. To me, like, that that storyline could have been either fleshed out more, or not that storyline, but, like, that specific commentary could have been fleshed out a little more or just cut entirely. I feel like there's enough other stuff going on that we don't need, like, a little dipping our toes into the tabloid journalism. Sure. Fine. Uh, uh, And then I just have a couple quotes that I thought were funny. Balls are already being played with. Uh, And then immediately followed by, we got other shit to fry. You got shit to fry? You eat shit? Uh, You eat shit? Yeah, you eat shit? Just, that's where it's like, this is a comedy. This is a comedy biopic. Um, And then, and then the other this is actually the last one that I've got. Uh, it's just when the FBI is interrogating Sean and they're like, what do you know? And he's like, we don't know anything. I'm like, well, that must make things hard. <laughs> uh, uh, that's all. And then the rest of them were music notes and Paul Walter Hauser. So Jamie Taco and the next uh, portion, which I, I know we're already at like an hour, so we can kind of, we can get through this quick. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll I pull mean... up the soundtrack here. Um, the, for some reason, it doesn't list all of them, and I know it doesn't list all of them because there's a classical music piece that's never included in the soundtrack. Anyway. Mm. From the other routine? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Dvorak. Um, mm. And I don't quote me on that. Um, so I'm going to. I'm so fair sorry, but to I'm love quote you on that. Fair to Love Me by Mark Batson's the intro song. Devil okay. Woman is the first time we see Lavana, and it is it's a perfect, kiss. Yeah, she's just a <laughs> devil woman. Also, yeah. just a fucking banger of a song. It's a great uh, song. Shooting Star, I believe that's when by Bad Company. That's when Tanya's first starting out. Um, Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits. That's when she first starts hooking up with oh. Jeff Galuli and he starts punching her and shit. Fucker. Um, Free Your Mind by En Vogue is when we meet Carrie, uh, Nancy Kerrigan. I almost said Carrie <laughs> Nulligan. Um, and they're like doing drinking and pizza and stuff. I also regularly, before I saw this movie, um, would, perhaps it's insensitive, but like anytime I had to do something at work and didn't want to, my friend and I would send each other gifts of Nancy Kerrigan just going, why? (laughs) Why? And we would say it like that too. Um, And then we have one of my favorites, Goodbye Stranger by Supertramp. when the first time she kicks Jeff out of the house, I also distinctly remember you, Matt, saying mm-hmm. five years ago that the Super Tramp needle drop. I just remember you going, God, goodbye, stranger. Heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also, it's from Magnolia. So it's like a, there's a, there's a PTA connection there. Mm. Goodbye, stranger. When is it in? When is Crucial. it in? Mag- when you uh, watch Quiz Kid Donnie Smith enter the bar uh, where the braces 
bartender mm. is serving oh. in my stranger place. Ugh. Awesome. I don't know that one. Or it didn't stick with me <clears throat> stick with me anyway. I yeah. my mom loves Super Tramp, so that tends to be where I I also went on a my like top songs for 2018 were like this soundtrack and then just like so much Super Tramp. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, Wait, remind me of what what happens in Goodbye Stranger in Itania again. Uh it's it's like that continuous tracking shot through the house as she's like getting ready to leave and then leaves and he's trying to get her back and so he's like on the phone and then he's in the living room and then it pulls it ends pulling away from the house yeah um i'm trying to think if i had a note of when it starts nope i just wrote super tramp leaving the house tracking shots (laughs) i had goodbye stranger and that's the only note that i had um so we actually haven't chronologically okay so i think okay music film music but not included in the album so this is going to be other stuff and this uh okay we have i'll we'll do the whole soundtrack and then we'll go to the film music not included in the album Okay, so then we have How Can You Mend a Broken Heart by Chris Stills, uh, The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. I believe Iconic. that's incredible. Love yeah. Iconic. Um, Barracuda by Heart, which is another. A lot of these are like <laughs> my mom's favorite music. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Gloria, this one was definitely in the top five by Laura Branigan. And I cannot th- hear that song without thinking of uh, Shane stat and the other dude driving in the car my god <laughs> when, when sean refers to his guys and it cuts to those two operatives fucking morons operatives <laughs> those two fucking morons in the car jamming to gloria it's so funny <laughs> and then he's like don't look at him don't look at him <laughs> um gone daddy gone violent femmes uh, Dream a Little Dream of Me by Doris Day, which I think we already talked about. Mm-hmm. The Passenger by Susie and the Banshees. Um, I believe that's the end credit song. Mm-hmm. I think um, so. so then th- this is movie included in the film. Sorry, music included in the yeah. film, but not in the in the album. Hey Mama, Keep Your Mouth Shut by Dr. Feelgood. Uh, Shining Star by Fun Loving Criminals. Just true... I fucking love this song to where when it came on, I was like, <gasps> when her dad is moving away, we have spirit in the sky by Norman Greenbaum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can't you see by the Marshall Tucker band? Uh, this next song, sleeping bag by ZZ top. We touched bass on, but we didn't go through my experience with this song. <laughs> <clears throat> um, what I have. Okay. So before this is when we have the, uh, what I thought was maybe Dvorak, but I can't find anything that says one way or another. But it's a classical music piece that goes, like, okay, you know what I'm talking about. And it starts as soon as it's it's the next dancer's routine song, but it starts as soon as she kisses Lavana goodbye, um, which I was like, hell yeah. And then you have that ends, and then you have her song being. Sleeping Bag by ZZ Top is just <laughs> so perfect. And, and um, 
that was the moment where I was like, this is a good movie. Up until that point, I was like, I am having fun. This is a good movie. But that was the moment where I was like, I love this movie. (laughs) Uh, And I think a lot of it is, it's basically a middle finger to the establishment of ice skating, which is like, yeah, yeah go for it. But <laughs> I was like, king. yeah, or queen. That's <laughs> the case. Maybe <laughs> I was like, this is, this is my vibe entirely. So that song, <laughs> I was like, holy shit. I didn't know ice skating could be this cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Mysterious Night by Damon Criswell. Feels like the first time by Foreigner. Little Girl Bad by Joni Summers. Everyone's a Winner by Hot Chocolate. People Are Still Having Sex by Latour. And 25 or 6 to 4 by yes! Chicago. Yes! Yeah, oh I got God, so yes. fucking hype when that song... When like, <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, yeah, Chicago, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, I, I also forgot that was in this movie and was like, fuck yeah. And I, in a script that I uh, never got past the first 20 or so <laughs> pages of, uh, I wrote that as a music cue for, uh, it was going to be about my family and it was us packing for a vacation last minute, running late. But it's like, turn on, on, But that like hecticness of like, bam, what a what an act of fiction that your family was running late packing yeah, for a vacation. Yeah, we're on time to everything, so it's actually crazy <laughs> that I wrote something that fictionally right. It's probably why you didn't make it past you know page twenty or whatever, because they say write what you know, and clearly you exactly. don't know. <laughs> you don't, know, don't know what, what it's it like, like. To, to be super no. late and rushing to pack for a vacation. <laughs> Too punctual, they say. <laughs> They all say it. Too punctual. You know, we really like Matt, but he's got one major character flaw, and that he's too on time for everything. <laughs> Show up about ten minutes late or so, you know? Don't keep us all so honest. I was listening to something, and they said that if you're not aiming to be ten minutes early, you're late. I've read that, too, and I... And I, I was like... And then, and then I Explains why I've been late for that. everything. <laughs> I am arriving promptly at 7 p.m. If we are supposed to meet at 7 p.m., give that's or take giving 10 yourself, that's giving yourself a lot of credit. I've been, I'm, I've gotten so much better. You wouldn't believe it. You're right. I don't believe it. Yeah, and you've, I've gotten so much worse. I used to aim See? to be 15 minutes early for everything. And then I stopped doing that, and now I'm late for everything. And now I'm like. Even if I try and still be early, I'm late. And I, I blame my dog for everything. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry, I had to walk him and he wouldn't poop. People are like, God. I use it for this podcast dog. regularly. I was going to oh say. Oh, my God. This is a story but I heard literally last week. It's You're just usually, like Tanya Harding. I can't tell what the truth is. It usually is the case, though. It's because I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to walk my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. I remember when we were all living together and Matt would have like shows in Wrigleyville and we were up in Andersonville and he like he was like, I think the show starts in five minutes. I should probably leave. <laughs> like, good luck getting that was never that. <laughs> like, good luck getting down to Wrigleyville and also finding a parking spot. <laughs> Don't be like that. 
I'd be running late, but never that late. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> but I've gotten a lot better now, so don't even at me. Don't ratio me. Ratio? <laughs> I know, that's what they call it if you, like, subtweet somebody. It's always got, there's new names for everything. I can't keep up. Doesn't ratio have to do with the amount of replies versus retweets? Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, whatever. See, I didn't know. I said it. <laughs> Why are you coming after me? <laughs> um, uh, Paul Walter Hauser, uh, otherwise known as Jamie Taka's nemesis from <laughs> I Think You Should Leave. Uh, I don't remember appreciating his performance in this that much the first time I saw this. Because it feels so dumb. It's so and then you see annoying him at the end. and dumb. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, but that's what the guy was like. <laughs> and only in watching him on I Think You Should Leave, because I haven't seen Richard Jewell, and I haven't seen Blackbird, which are apparently two of his best roles that he's done so far. Uh, but only... What, what were you going to say, Colin? I was just... I mean, I haven't seen Blackbird. Is it Blackbird? Is that the name of it? Um, yeah. <clears throat> He's he's better in this than in Richard Jewell. It's a very okay. similar character, but um, I he's better in this. Played seriously in Richard yeah. Jewell, um, but he's so funny, and I think you should leave. That I was like, oh, I get this now. I understand like how elevated this comedic performance is. He is he kind of sets the tone for the movie to be a comedy, like. Mm-hmm. Everyone else could be in a drama. Margot Robbie certainly exists within that for most of the movie. Sebastian Stan kind of wavers between comedic and serious because of his character. Uh, Allison Janney is obviously an incredible comedic actress, but has the chops to sell meanness in a funny way. And so, like, you know, again, could toe the line. Paul Walter Hauser is a comedy performance in this movie, and that is it. <laughs> like, it yes. is high-octane laughs per minute with his character. He is not here for a serious time. He's here for a good time. Uh, <laughs> and it is a really funny performance, especially when he's getting interrogated by <laughs> the FBI and also getting interviewed. And he's like, uh, yeah, I've got a network I originally yeah originally but you, changed but you and don't trained in cyber <laughs> counterterrorism <laughs> but I do no you don't but I do I I love oh god I, so I feel like I remember thinking that this movie was funny when I saw it the first time and I remember not laughing that much last night and I think the the tonal shifts between like giving Alice and Janney lines, like really funny lines, but then also having her be just like an evil abusive throw a person knife and like literally throw a knife at yeah. her daughter was just like, eh, not really vibing with this right now. But because Paul Walter Hauser is just pure comedy in this movie, like there is no, like he's just a fucking idiot and it's like, there's no like evil to him. He's just a dumbass. Like every single time he's on screen, I was laughing and it was like the only thing that I was laughing at like consistently <laughs> last night was just him. And I love that. Like he's in the movie from the beginning, but he's only just like in the background and he's almost yeah. exclusively just 
like Sean's or um uh Jeff's hype man for like the first half of the movie and like every single scene that he's in he's just like in the background hyping up Jeff and eating food like that's literally yeah. all he's doing for every single scene for the first hour of this movie and then when he finally becomes like a major player it's like oh yeah it is your time to shine my guy and you are taking yeah. full advantage it's amazing yeah. it is an Why incredible performance trust? it's so and i didn't fully acknowledge the fact that he's constantly eating until this viewing. Yeah. When on the edge of yeah. the like ice rink in the middle of a competition, he's got his little bag of snacks. Yeah. He's snacking down. <laughs> it's so because it's such a choice. Like everyone else is focused on this thing, and he's like, "Oh, your little chips," and that like, of course, this character is gonna bring down this house of cards. Like this idiot, <laughs> you're giving him a responsibility. <laughs> Oh, it's man. like Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven is always eating. That's exactly yeah. what I thought, too. <laughs> but this like, is like the yeah. dumbest version of that. <laughs> yeah. And his little face. The opposite of a Paul heist. Walter Hauser's little, like, squinted eyes <laughs> yeah. and, like, open mouth. Just perpetually just, like, looking dumb is so funny. He does it so well. Or after uh, Nationals, I think it is, where whatever it is where Tanya's in the black turtleneck and she's walking with the press and he just turns behind him and goes... <laughs> just so idiot. funny it's so good he's so good and i only know that how good this is because in i think you should leave he sells such a dramatic performance it's so emotional it's so tender and real uh like he's not the ridiculous part of his sketch he's like the very grounded realistic element and you feel so much compassion for him uh and it's all because this little Dumbass dweeb Jamie Taco <laughs> keeps stealing his lines stealing in a play. <laughs> he's saying him too. He's saying him faster than he can. He's never gonna say his lines as fast as Jamie Taco. Which like the line is so crazy, and Paul Walterhauser sells it. You're like this poor guy. He is never gonna say his lines as fast as Jamie Taco. But he's so good at that that I was like, oh, okay, this this is a talented actor, uh, not an actual dumbass. Which I, Tanya, <laughs> this could be a real actual dumbass. Like, a non-actor, total, real dumb idiot. It's just actually Paul Walter Hauser doing an impeccable job of performing this character, which it's... is a total dumbass. It's so perfect. Everything about uh, him in this movie is just... The biggest chef's kiss you've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> but I do. Um, anyway, yeah. That was it. We talked about Jamie Taco. Yes. <laughs> the only other note I have uh, is not really a note, but uh, I did send you guys last night. Uh, in a, you know, in a post-Trump world, <laughs> when a character is staring at the camera and says January 6th, my alarm bells go off. <laughs> yeah, when we watched it, Freddie was like, the day's been cursed from the start. Yeah, I, like... I thought of it too, yeah. <laughs> Did and you so like my response, he, though? But yeah, so he yeah. says it, and I, like, I pause the movie, grab my phone, <laughs> write down January 6th, exclamation point in my notes, and then I press play again. And then after he gives his little like intro, we get a title card that says like, you know, whatever nationals, January 6th, whatever year. And so I paused it and took a video 
I just like zoomed in on January 6th on my screen and sent it to you guys and Tierney's response, which was incredible, was, <laughs> yeah, I bet Sean Eckhart was there too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Which I was like one million percent. Million I've never percent. been more oh, confident yeah. in anything in my entire life. And <laughs> Sean Eckhart was definitely at January 6th. Yeah, that's an odd one if I've ever seen one. Yeah, I was, you took the words out of my mouth, Matt. <laughs> Literally in Oregon, in, in too. Portland too. Yeah, yeah. Like, it all checks Definitely out. a proud boy. I have maybe that's a misinformation. Maybe he's not, but but yeah. like he is. <laughs> Come on, he covert espionage. Into, yeah, conspiracy theoried enough. Yeah, he was QAnon before QAnon. Yeah. Oh. Love Paul Walter Hauser. Hope he makes a comeback in season three of I Think You Should Leave. Not necessarily as Jamie Taco's nemesis, but also if we get more Jamie Taco, I, w- I wouldn't be mad about it. We need an infinite <laughs> amount of Jamie Taco. Um, Does anybody have anything else on no. I, Tony no. A? No. All right, let's hit these categories. Uh, tattoo ideas. Triple Axel. Uh, the bird on Lavana's shoulder. Just get a tattoo on your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's so smart. I think maybe Nancy Kerrigan screaming "Why?" On your calf. <laughs> yeah. On the back of your knee. That would yeah, actually I... be if you had like Achilles surgery. That would be a really funny tattoo to get. <laughs> like over the scar. Yeah, I would do that. Um, um, the baton. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a fun one. That, Jeff Gluley's mustache. I do the line just tattooed right here. <laughs> he's like at the beginning when he's talking about the mustache that he truly cannot apologize enough for. <laughs> like, it's not that bad. It's not that bad, but but I did think the line itself was very funny. <laughs> I preferred the mustache than the yeah that was that was uh (laughs) highly suspect (laughs) and it's like it's it's kind of like it's kind of hard to see like when he like in the first few where he's like a little bit further away from the camera but then at a certain point like it's a more close-up talking head interview and it's like oh no that that is what i thought it was and it is not good (laughs) Mm -hmm. um um would you guys watch this movie on an airplane? Fuck yeah. Oh yeah. I probably wouldn't. Um, this is kind of the perfect airplane movie, actually, to be I honest. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like real quick. I mean, it is two hours, but uh, if it doesn't feel like two hours, right? Like it moves it's, quickly. It's it's edited very well so that it's like. It's the length of most flights of like a common flight. Yeah. About two hours. And no sex. There's a lot of domestic violence, but. You know. But we live no in a culture where violence is more palatable than sex. Yeah. Isn't that it? Yeah. Isn't that the statement that this movie's making? Uh, would you guys spend time on this film set? Hell yeah. Yeah, actually, this would be a fun one. I think it would Give be really fun. Give me all of it. <laughs> like, you would get, like, yeah, Allison Janney and Margot Robbie in scenes, Sebastian Stan and Margot Robbie on their date, all three. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. 
Uh, also, that looked like an old country buffet, and I was like, I've certainly been to restaurants like this. Or <laughs> I mean, you on a date, and did your mom go too? I mean, as a teenager, yeah. I think a couple times. Not as like a chaperone, but just as like, we're all going to go out. Yeah. It's not a date, really. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, like, it's not just time together. Just spending time with my girlfriend. Uh, what? Can... <laughs> Who would you guys want to play? Uh, <clears throat> probably Tanya or Sean. Sean, a thousand percent, Sean. Yeah. yeah. I think Lavana would be fun to deliver some lines, but at the same time, it wouldn't be fun to be such an evil cunt. Yeah. Have, have a. Oh, you know what? I would want to play Nancy Kerrigan. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not funny to make fun of it, but I mean, like. There's something about Nancy Kerrigan that was... It's a bit dramatic, kinda... and as Tanya pointed out, like, she did still get silver. Yeah. Like... It's fine. And she, and she, she was, looked she like she stepped rude. in poop. Yeah, she seemed rude. <laughs> if we're yeah, going to besmirch like the name of the Gyllenhaals. Prissy. But she, there's a <clears throat> video of her, like, at the Disney parade, and she's, like, very cold. She's very, like... Yeah. Does she not know that Tiny she's Hardy in the happiest place nice. on earth? Yeah, well, certainly doesn't seem like it. Um, tier- category special category for Tierney's movies. Which music segment in the movie worked best for you? Twenty five or sixty four. Sleeping bag, just for is it was the first one that just broke the levy. Yeah, yeah, I love. For me, it is going to be the cut to the Gloria introduction of Sean's operatives. I will say, like, in terms of uh, emotionalness, it would be Dream a Little Dream of Me. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of emotion, probably Goodbye Stranger. Uh, In terms of me laughing very hard, it would still be (laughs) Gloria. link i sent you guys was cutting edge the unrated version um cutting edge cutting edge oh cutting edge is a early 90s movie about a hockey player who uh is gonna be a figure skater i've never seen it like in full but i know that it's like it's like the only other ice skating movie i'm aware of but it's like pg queer coming of age i don't think it's queer coming of age um, a hockey player becoming a figure skater. Look, here's the log line. A Sounds temperamental like... figure skater and an arrogant former hockey player attempt to win the Olympic gold medal as a figure skating pairs team. I think it's a rom-com. Oh, I see. But it's it's like rated PG. It's like a rom-com sports movie. And I thought that it was funny to juxtapose this, <laughs> this yeah. movie with that movie. <laughs> I was thinking of Ice Castles, the movie... Uh, with Robbie Benson, the voice of the Beast, who's a figure skater with a girl who's blind, I think. She loses her sight while skating, and then they skate together through the Eyes of Love. Eyes of Love being the song in Drop Dead Gorgeous that she sings, (laughs) see through the eyes of love, and then gets hit in the head with a light. (laughs) It all comes back around. 
Yeah. Oh my god. That's why that Ice Castle is another important figure skating movie because of that <clears throat> correlation. Oh I would have thought you would have done like I Claudius or something like that, which is the exact naming. Oh convention. yeah. I honestly forgot about I Claudius. Although <laughs> I Claudius does rip. Uh, what is I Claudius? It's a novel. Well, slash miniseries. Uh, uh, I haven't seen the miniseries. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was from the seventies. Uh, Derek Jacoby plays Claudius. None of the words that you're saying have any. I'm like, I've never heard of this truly. I've never heard of the actor. Never heard of the concept. Never heard of this title. Didn't know it was a book. Didn't know it was a miniseries. Couldn't tell you what it's about. Have truly no idea. Do you want to take a guess what it's about? Rome. Yep, it's about the Roman Emperor Claudius. (laughs) That's all I. That's a guess. Exactly. Truly sounds like. (laughs) Could have never told you this existed before. You just talk, talked about it. I feel very left out. Well, we did it on purpose. Uh, are there any other categories other than the Oscars? No. Mm, no. Who do you, Oh, no, we did Who did you yeah. play? <sighs> uh, so this movie was nominated for Trace. I can tell uh, you what it should have been nominated for. I mean, yeah, let's play that game because I think that there are some Cinematography. It was not script. But, yeah, no. Nope. Margot Robbie, she best was. picture. Nope. Editing. Yep. Costume design. Nope. Those Hair are the makeup. Ones I pick. Uh no. So it was nominated for uh, Allison Janney for best supporting actress. Oh right, she, she won. Also be. And I wow. am still mad about it. Cause who did she be? She beat Laurie Metcalf from Lady Bird, which I think is a much oh. better performance. No, I know. Actually, this is kind of this is going to be no. the front of the conversation if we actually go down this rabbit hole because Tierney clearly wouldn't agree with that, even though I personally. Yeah, I thought it was like <laughs> not the most inspiring performance. Yeah, uh, yeah, we couldn't be on more opposite ends. But you also have to think about particular thing. the amount of like acting that. Uh, Metcalf had to do maybe was to hear but in order for Allison Janney to end up as Levana she has to go twice as far uh, what I mm. would say is Levana is so flat as a character there's yeah. truly no emotional arc there are moments where she recognizes maybe she went too far but Levana does not change whatsoever she, in the course of this I would say it's a performance of subtleties like when she throws the knife she is shocked that She's she threw guilty. the knife she is very Versus, but go ahead. But Lori Metcalf reaches some peaks of acting. Of her walking into the airport defeated and sad that she missed Ladybird is like, I think of that moment all the time. All even, the time will I think about Lori Metcalf's Ladybird. I also I think it's, remember it, that scene. I think it's interesting oh. that you're saying that. Uh, Lavana like Allison Janney's performance is subtle because that is I agree that it like the, there are the, moments like, elements of humanity are all very subtle yeah but I think that like as a performance it's very showy um mm. whereas I think that Laurie Metcalf's performance actually like the entire performance is more subtle yeah um, there's so much love and there's so much disappointment but there's so much like oh, man, god 
Yeah. Is Laurie Metcalf a mom? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Then she probably wasn't acting that much. Okay, fair. Because Lady Bird is just a mother-daughter relationship like (laughs) every mother-daughter relationship. (laughs) I'll agree that it took more for Alice and Janie to get to the point of of an abusive mother because I genuinely believe Alice and Janie is a wonderful human being. So I'll agree that it's a bigger leap than a loving mother to a loving mother. Fine. Fine. Uh, but I do think Laura Metcalf deserved it that year. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was nominated for Best Actress Margot Robbie. She lost to Frances McDormand three billboards. Uh, I'd say she probably could have won. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also nominated Sally Hawkins. That was this was the Shape of Water year, guys. What a weird year! The what a fucking weird year. <laughs> uh, so Sally Hawkins, Shape of Water, Margot Robbie, Itania, Saoirse Ronan, Lady Bird, Meryl Streep, The Post. Yikes! <laughs> yeah, just giving her a punt. <laughs> of all the was Phantom Thread I... in this year, or was Phantom Thread the oh, following year? Yeah, Phantom Thread was in this year. God, I was gonna say just... wasn't wasn't um. Oh my god, I'm blanking on her name. Leslie Manville. Wasn't she nominated? Yes, oh, for Best Supporting. Yeah. Oh, yes. Supporting. Okay. Yeah. So, I, still yes. think, right. I still think Alice Beautiful and Janie is better, just to give you an idea of how good I think Alice and Janie is in this movie. What? Then <laughs> Leslie Manville? That's what I'm saying in order for... Christ. That's where I'm saying that gives you an idea of how good I think <laughs> Alice and Janie is in this movie, that I think she's better than Leslie Manville. Outrageous. Outrageous. So yeah, it was nominated for that. It was uh, Best Supporting Actress, Allison Janney won. Also nominated, Laurie Metcalf, Leslie Manville, Octavia Spencer, Shape of Water, and Mary J. Oh. Blige from Mudbound. Hmm. So, uh, Mudbound throwback. Uh, and then it was nominated for Best Editing. Uh, where is that? Probably lost to Shape of Water. It lost to Dunkirk. Okay, that's fair. Mm, um, yeah, okay. Who was nominated for Cinematography? Um, oh, Dunkirk, <laughs> uh, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Mudbound, Rachel Morrison, uh, Shape of Water, and the winner, Blade Runner 2049, our boy Deacons. <gasps> oh, <right. laughs> oh okay, can't that deny that was a better yeah. choice. <laughs> but I feel like you could yes. probably get rid of... Darkest, darkest hour. hour get the get darkest yeah. hour the fuck out of there i think i would have been okay with i Tanya getting nominated in cinematography yeah, yeah. it should not have won against oh Blade i was Runner listing categories it should have been nominated no no no, no. I, I know i know you were I, <laughs> yeah. I know you were yeah, yeah yeah um i'm just saying like i i agree with you i i'm okay with it being nominated there i think I probably would still give editing to Dunkirk, but I do think that the editing for yeah. Itania is one of its true yeah. strengths. Um, also nominated was... in editing, Baby Driver. Who uh, script? Shape of Water and Three Billboards were the other editing ones. Uh, let's see. So this would, would have been a, be adapted. I was gonna say I think this is original because it's not. Yeah. It's not actually based on like a book or anything. So I do think this yeah. is original. So uh, the big sick, Lady Bird, Shape of Water, Three Billboards, and Get Out, the winner. Okay, that's one fair. more time. One more time. Get Out won. 
then the Great. big sick ladybird shape uh, of water and three billboards i would say it would be right behind get out above three billboards again to give you an idea on what the script is doing versus what three billboards which is written by martin mcdonough who your i boy. love yeah. your boy i just think it's a lot more innovative and clever than three billboards. i would bump the big six i know you would and i yeah. still hate that about you but oh yeah because it wasn't even nominated i would bump yeah yeah bye I big sick who's... i love the big sick but i do think if one has to go, who is give that. us our best it's not picture? Ladybird, that's absolutely well. It's not going to be Ladybird. I think you can make the argument that Shape of Water shouldn't be here either. But yeah, you know what should be fucking Phantom Thread. Phantom should be Thread, one hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah. And okay. Get rid of the Shape of Water and get rid of Big Sick and bring in I Tanya and Phantom Thread. Yeah. Uh, How so our... was Phantom <laughs> Thread not a clean sweep this year? I mean, obviously it would never have been, but I mean, come on. <laughs> What a uh, great movie from that year. 2017 Best Picture nominees. We got The Shape of Water. We got Call Me By Your Name. We got Darkest Hour. Ooh. We got Dunkirk. Mm. We got Get Out. We got Lady Bird. We got Phantom Thread. We got The Post. And we got Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Two can the get Post? Booted. The Post? Get the fuck Always get the fuck out. Uh, I think Dunkirk and Darkest Hour, it's like, give us... Get the fuck out of here, British yeah, one, World yeah. War II movies. <laughs> Bring in American ice skating dramcoms. Uh, yeah, Darkest Hour is like just not that good of a movie at all. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that it no. got nominated is like shocking to me. Uh, yeah, and I like I, I just get why the Post got nominated because it's a Steven Spielberg movie. I don't care. I don't give a shit. I don't shit. care either. I don't care either. I, I'm just That's saying. It's just like, nepotism. It, it, I get it. With dark, no. with darkest hour, I was like, "What is this doing here? Like, actually, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, this is a mediocre movie that has like a pretty good Gary Oldman performance that's mostly covered up by Gary makeup. Old guy. And we already got a Dunkirk. We already and got we one Dunkirk. Literally have we don't Dunkirk. need two Dunkirks. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> to have two Dunkirks in one. Year. Yeah, choose one. So and the one to choose is Dunkirk. <laughs> uh, that was back when there were somewhere between five and ten nominees. Now is it always it's 10? It's always 10 now, at least until they change Good. it again. But from now on, or f- like currently it is 10. I wonder, I have no idea, but I do wonder if I, Tanya was maybe hovering in that potential 10th spot. So it was only nine nominees that it year? It was nine nominees that year. Dumb. How dumb. They have yeah. an eight, nine, ten. Just pick a fucking lane. I mean, I understand I just... the, the argument behind it was just like, yeah, I mean, if there's like there's not enough movies that have support like why nominate why throw a woman t- women talking into best picture just to fill out the 10 you know whoa i mean okay women Is that talking your opinion of women talking women talking was easily the number 10 movie like this that's the one that got in sure. this year that would not have gotten in if they were only doing nine like Fine. we all know it <laughs> yes but still an important film have you even it seen deserves it? Deserves the spot. Yes, I watched all the nominees this year. Did you? Not all the nominees. Okay. You watched them. <laughs> all the best picture <laughs> nominees. All the best picture nominees. Uh, that's it. That's Itania. We did it, everyone. Congratulations. Woo! I remember that's Ipopia. because you guys weren't particularly enamored with this movie. Uh, I do remember Demi being very vocal on the fact <laughs> that Itania got robbed, and I just. <laughs> 
kept that in my heart and was yeah. like, you're not alone, Tierney. You're not alone. <laughs> he loves this movie. That was actually something I almost said as the chat. Because it's so good. Was, was just Demi's favorite movie. It was almost like the Zoom link that I sent you guys. Uh, he has logged this movie, which I guess this is a thing that I do now, is just like tell you how... Uh, Demi has interacted with this movie on Letterboxd. <laughs> this is how we should. This should be a new segment. Yeah, Demi's we thoughts do it on occasionally. whatever. It does happen somewhat regularly. Um, he has logged this movie nine times. Uh, wow. He has given a review of it all nine times. Not it's you know he's wow. usually saying something different. It's usually not like a fully like official review. Sometimes it's just like a quote here or there. But he has like said something every single time. Uh, I was reading through all of them last night, and the one that made me laugh the most, I think I sent you one um, that I can look up in a, in a second, but the one that I that actually made me laugh out loud was, uh, this is his ninth viewing, apparently. Uh, at the very end, he says, in a parenthetical, a new friend told me they hadn't seen it, dangerous words around ya boy. <laughs> <laughs> So apparently wow. he just like had a screener and anytime somebody mentioned that they hadn't yet seen it, he was like, all right, we're doing it. <laughs> so, what a hero. You, finally, you found somebody who feels as strongly as you do, Tierney. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie of all time, but it's definitely up there. I, I don't know if he would say it's his favorite movie, movie of all time, but yeah, he. Uh... Oh, here's the one that I sent you guys last night. It's like if David O. Russell were better at his job. <laughs> Which Correct. I think is yeah. just truly incredible. <laughs> and it's 100% facts. Yeah. And then Margot Robbie starred in a David O. Russell movie. That nobody, nobody that. saw. Yeah. Amsterdam came out Literally, six months ago. Not even six I'm months ago. I'm hearing about it now for the first time. Don't feel bad about it. Nobody liked it. <laughs> Yeah, apparently like it was, but spoiler alert, V-Bad. Taylor Swift gets run over by an old-timey car, so maybe it's worth watching after all. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, Evil. I think Amsterdam came out the same day that Midnight's came out. Yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah, a real whiplash of a day for Taylor Swift fans. <laughs> also, I've heard Antihero on the radio now multiple times. Fuck and yes. Let me tell you something. Fuck yes. You keep, you crank like that it. shit up, you turn it up as loud as your car will Thank go, you. and you just like roll down the Lyrics. windows. Is that the one that goes, it's me, jam. I'm the problem, it's me? Yeah. They come to the will and think that I put them in it. Whatever she's saying is just another song that I'm like, oh my god, this is so lame. Good, and it's we love so it, like, and we stand. Don't I've got such an attitude? Oh, I'm so <laughs> everyone hates me. It's like shut up. We do, we do stand. Sing about something besides yourself. For we once. do stand. Bring back more folklore. Uh, Do you what know have you who been up almost to, always sings not about themselves? Hmm. Hosier. It's because he's busy singing about church. Hosier? He's, he's singing about, like, woods and dirt. No, and he sings church. about, like, pretty profound uh, ideas. Yeah. Take me he's to basically church. a poet and is putting it to music. Take me to church is about sex. Is he good at basketball, too? What? Are bonita fish big? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Uh, you asked what we've been up to? Well, Hoosiers, like Indiana, IU, Hoosiers, oh. basketball, famously. So I asked if, if Hoosier is good at basketball. Except his name is Hosier. 
Hoosier. Who no. <laughs> what have I been up to? I finished The Last of Us. Um, yep, we all which did. Which we all did. What did, what did uh, Tierney think as somebody who did not know how it was going to end? I thought it was good. It was, fit, it was a fitting ending. Um, and I cried in that episode with the line that's like, uh, it wasn't time that did it. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Teared up. Teared up for sure. Yeah. Uh, but Woo! I thought the, the ending was, it is exactly what the story would be he doesn't yep. he doesn't like nuanced endings is what, <laughs> what i've learned where i'm like give them to me give me a, i don't i fucking hate ambiguous yeah. endings but i love a nuanced ending like I after sun like the quiet girl where it's like there's so much happening yeah there's so much to chew on for days yeah yeah i love uh, us season one definitely a nuanced ending really the thing leaves you with like the thing I will say okay. is... Uh... Also, n- no one... I hadn't watched the last time we record when uh, Pedro says, baby girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. TikTok spoiled that one for me. But I was like, <laughs> this seems a little out of character. <laughs> I got uh, you, baby girl. <laughs> the video game, the ending, like the broad strokes of the ending are the same in the video game. Uh, I will say that the specifics of what Joel does are much harsher in the TV show than they are in the video game. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. It's, it, I it get was, it, though. It was rough I don't... to watch the show. I was like... <sighs> I thought the game makes it worse. I feel like in the in the show, he's just like straight up executing people, whereas I feel like in the game... That's not his purpose. Like, when people get in his way, he's taking them down. But, like, when you're playing the game, you can, like, sneak around some of them, and you're not just, like, straight up executing mm. people. I remember murdering unabashedly. I mean, you just murder several grenades, people unabashedly, but you don't... cocktails. <laughs> Blowing everyone up. Didn't like it one bit, but was like, I'm gonna get this... I'm gonna get through here. I thought it was... The show did a really good... Again... I think the writing in the show is so good, but it did a yeah. really good job of showing why he, like, why someone would do that. I'm like, yeah. I get why you did it. I don't yeah. necessarily know if mm-hmm. I would make the same decision, but yeah, I'm like, maybe wake her up and see. But at the same time, like, he's he's basically in the state of trauma. Like, yeah. he's not thinking, right. like, what would be a rational thing to do? It's just self-preservation. Well, it's also Everything like, hey, hey, Marlene, why didn't you give her the option? <laughs> like, why, right. Why did you just, like, dr- tell her, like, oh, yeah, we're just going to, like. Yeah, I know, it's but it's just, like, she, I think I mean, Ellie would have chosen to do it. So, probably. like, if you just give Ellie the choice, then here we are. Or let yeah. him say goodbye. We should probably put a little sp- spoiler bumper Right okay. before, before we get into all this meat, just for anyone listening about Itania that suddenly is like, how does this all end? But, okay, but it was like a week ago. I was gonna um, say, and by the time we post this I episode, mean, whatever. Like everybody's watching this show. I like. I agree. Maybe we put a little bumper on there, but I'm, I'm not putting. I feel shit. like listener has wow. listener has probably. Based on the the communication that I yeah, have with people true. that I know that will listen to this podcast, I believe that anybody who's listening has that's probably seen the Fine. last of us. 
Um, Fine. Sorry, anyway, what else have you been up to, Tierney? Uh, I finished Antarctica by Claire Keegan. I didn't enjoy the short stories as much as her other collections, but it was still good. Uh, I read Empire of the Summer Moon, which is about uh, the Comanches. You could tell it was published about 20 years ago. That's about all I'll say about that. Just some of the language is, like, not good. <laughs> but it's interesting just in, like, how, like, horses, I guess, are, nat- like, a native animal to Europe. And so yeah. then they, like, adopted the horses and became incredible cavalry. Um, and then I've uh, watched one and a half episodes of Narcos. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I've watched two. I've watched two. I'm still in season two, chugging along. You've also don't sell yourself short. You've been watching a lot of Pedro Pascal TikToks and sending several of them <laughs> my way. Only, only some that I think you might That's, be interested in. Look, I'm not trying to shame you. Like I am very happy, and every time I see one, they always make me laugh. I'm just saying. You say that you haven't been up to anything else, and I was like, don't sell yourself short. You've got a lot of I good content I can tell you how much time I've spent on TikTok. It's probably like <laughs> seven, eight hours in the last week and a half. It's disgusting. <laughs> but so entertaining. <laughs> and yeah, my feed is just now every fifth video. <laughs> a, a, a good portion of the TikToks I'm getting either from Tierney or my other friend who sends me TikToks are... Or Pedro related. <laughs> He's just such a doll. He's the F boy. I also am but, really enjoying the the uh, Nicholas Cage. Uh, oh, the yeah. Pedro Pascal meme? make your own kind of music like meme that's happening right now. Yeah, unfathomable <laughs> way of being. Or yeah, yeah. Uh, especially the the most recent one that Tierney sent me, where uh, Nick Cage is like the Nick Cage version is like boomers freaking out about the banks collapsing. <laughs> And the Pedro Pascal version is like millennials who never had any money anyway. <laughs> like and millennials who are unfamiliar with, with savings. <laughs> um, that also, so funny. that's a Mamas and Papas song. I think it, sure. that's specifically think just, Mama Cass. Ma, I but, was going to say, I think it's just a Mama Cass song, but also a banger. Yeah. Matt, what have you been up to lately? I watch Women Talking and I liked it. What's it about? What happens in it? Is it women um, so talking? This tribe from the forest kind of gets blown out of where they live, and so they go to the water where they learn the ways of it. And Hell yeah. meet a lot of whales who are very peaceful people, but their brains are worth a lot of money. And Hell so yeah. What the fuck? Jermaine Clement. And, <laughs> Jermaine uh, is there. Jermaine Clement without a New Zealand Weirdly accent. Weirdly not speaking with, with a New Zealand accent. <laughs> who is Australian. <laughs> Uh, and they're out whaling, uh, and so and they're just they're about. just harvesting brain goo, you know, I as you do. Fully thought you were making this up. No, this is the plot of Avatar: The Way of Water. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Avatar: Colon Women Talking. Um, no, women talking about the Mennonite women who decide uh, whether or not to leave their community after a number of assaults uh, are committed on all the women. It's a very heavy movie. Uh, not a fun a of, hang. Not a, not fun, a fun hang. hang, but incredible performances all around. And what an all-star cast of some of our greatest actresses that we have right now. Uh, just need to point out that I don't 
really give a shit about as much as I love the Oscars, I don't really give a shit about red carpet stuff. But I was like, I was having some issues with my TV, so I was like trying to get everything set up early. So I ended up catching about ten minutes of red carpet stuff. And at one point, they showed Jesse Buckley on screen and captioned her as Jessica Buckley, and I was like, "This is so disrespectful to one of our greatest working actresses right now." <laughs> she is not like Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> like, she is like Jesse, the cowgirl from ABC. Toy Story. <laughs> Uh, I also watched All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, so that I could get through all ten nominees, and it's a war movie, all right. <laughs> Daniel Brühl is good it's, in it. It's, it's not not a war movie. <laughs> it's just a fucking war movie, man. They're all the same. Isn't war terrible? Uh huh. <laughs> End of lesson. It's a terrible thing. Let's stop having wars. Can we all stop? Can we all watch these war movies and then learn something from them? Or are we just going to keep making them forever? <laughs> That's my question. Um, and I... Uh, I don't think I... Oh, uh, Chris and I finished season three of Breaking Bad, which I think might be the best end of any Breaking Bad season. Huh. Uh, an incredible finale. And lead up to it. Interesting. Well, maybe season four is finished. I was going to say, I think I personally would choose four, but three is really good. Yeah. I couldn't um, even tell you how any of them ended. But here, I have a question for you guys. How do you feel about this headline? Irish actress Jessie Buckley is a big country music fan. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Choosing... Uh, what was it? Wild Rose? Was that the name of the movie that she was in? Oh, sure. I don't know. I just think yes. it's great. I think it's like a fun headline. <laughs> oh, she's a I big thought, country music fan. For some reason, I thought fan. you guys hated country music. I well. personally am not choosing to listen to country music, but like, I'm okay if, if other people want to listen to country music. And she, but what like, if you she was so good Colin? in that movie. You would have to listen to country music. I think I would probably learn to live with it. If, if, if in this like hypothetical scenario where I am somehow married to Jesse Buckley, <laughs> I think I could deal with some country music in my life. That's fair. <laughs> also, okay, yeah, uh, the uh, sacrifice I'm willing to make oh to be God. married to. <laughs> Just All right, we're time. going on two hours, so I'm going to wrap it up. <laughs> Take it to the end of my comments. Uh, I haven't watched much, much else. Colin, let's, let's close this thing out. Well, the funny thing is that I have watched a lot, and I'm going to talk about everything. No, that's not true. Uh, but I did. I had so many Oscar movies to watch, and I it was looking real touch and go there, but I was able to watch all of the nominated films. Congratulations. I finished watching All Quiet on the Western Front, which was the one that I saved for last, uh, at 4.50 p.m. Mountain Time, and the Oscars started at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. <laughs> so wow. coming in real real tight under the wire, but uh, I was I did it. Uh, some notes. Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Didn't really care for it, but Leslie Manville's great, and it just made me want to watch Phantom Thread instead. Uh, Scream 6. Not nominated for an Oscar yet. Uh, <laughs> fucking rules. Love Scream. I, if they make 100 Scream movies, I will watch 100 Scream movies. Um, I watched uh, House Made of Splinters, which was one of the docs. Thought it was fine. Argentina 1985, one of the four, uh, international feature nominees. Also thought it was fine. 
went on a real run. Uh, Empire of Light, Bardo, and Blonde were three that I watched back to back. Rough. That was a rough stretch because Chris uh, did not like Bardo or Blonde. I fucking hated Bardo. Uh, I thought I Empire Chris of Light is just like. Like, what is this movie? What the actual fuck is Empire of Light? What are we doing? What is happening? Baffling shit. Uh, Bardo made me angry, and fuck that movie. (laughs) I thought Blonde was, like, not nearly as much of a train wreck as I was expecting, but it is not a good movie. And also, I didn't really think Ana de Armas was that good, so I don't really know what she's Mm. doing in the Best Actress category, but it was a three-hour movie uh, about... uh, Marilyn Monroe, so, you know, had that going for it. Uh, <clears throat> then I finally watched To Leslie. I thought Andrew Riseborough was good. Uh, I don't know how she got nominated for I mean, I, I do literally know how she got nominated for an Oscar, <laughs> but I, it's still wild. Um, and then I ended on a high note, which was good. I had, like, that real, like, low moment, and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, I think about this every year when I do this commitment, and I'm always like, what am I doing at some point? And when I had that, like, trifecta of Empire of Light into Bardo into Blonde, I was like, I've made some really bad decisions with my life. (laughs) Uh, But I did end strong. Uh, I saw All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, which was nominated for Best Documentary, and I Mm. think is, like, genuinely fantastic. Um, Mm. It's about Nan Golden, a photographer, um, but it's also, like, it's interwoven, like, with, like, a story about her, like, and how she kind of, like, came up in the art world interwoven with her now like uh activism against the opioid academic epidemic and the sackler family in particular um Mm. and it's very 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 good strong recommend on that movie and then i saw the quiet girl which Tierney mentioned on the pob a while back and i finally got around to catching up my god that movie is good uh very very good I think I still like After Sun better, but they're both like yeah. similar veins, very similar kind of, you know, themes that they're playing around with. And the ends of both of those movies, like the last like 30 seconds of both of those movies, it's just total emotional devastation. <laughs> I just you if bet. you want to have like a really bad time at the movies. So excited to keep hearing about the After Sun <laughs> ending and still not having seen After Sun. Well, bitch, that movie's been around for a while. You've had plenty yeah, of Yeah, that's your fault. Even I've seen it. What the Don't. fuck? Uh and then I saw All Quiet on the Western Front. I gave it a two and a half star rating on Letterbox. Friend of the Pop Jim texted me is like two and a half stars because it's ultra depressing and i was like two and a half stars because it's just the same thing we've always seen in every war movie ever <laughs> so to, yeah, to Matt's somehow point, it yeah. won best foreign film yeah i mean the Oscars over are done. the quiet girl the fuck or close here. which is another great movie that was nominated in that category that was overlooked mm. i didn't see that one though i'd recommend it but anyway that's it that's what i've been up to well great um because I guess I would love to actually just say, uh, on behalf of all of us, really, um, that uh, I'm finished!